0: Hello and welcome to Explain It, brought to you by SoftCat. Explain It is a show for IT professionals that aims to simplify the complex and often overcomplicated bits of enterprise IT without compromising on detail. I'm host Michael Bird, and over the next 20 or so minutes I'll be challenging our panel of experts to take a different area of the IT ecosystem and of course explain it. In this episode we're going to be talking about digital transformation, what exactly it means, why it matters to organisations and some steps to get started. And with me to help discuss, demystify and explain are Sam Routledge, SoftCats CTO and Matt Hunt who's Chief Client Officer at Appadme, which is SoftCats mobile app development partner. So first question to you, Sam, what is digital transformation? Is it just a fancy way of
1: saying I'm moving all of my IT to the cloud? Absolutely not. There, there is a bit of an overlap with cloud, but digital transformation is not just lifting and shifting a load of VMs and dumping them in the infrastructure as a service platform of your choice. The the advantage to the cloud bit, I suppose, is that it frees the IT team up to get involved in more business facing tech, and that's really the essence of digital transformation. You know, this is about using technology to advance the cause of your organisation, commercial or, or or public sector. So, you know, at the sort of more tactical end, that means digitising some simple processes that are perhaps paper-based or you know maybe more manual at the high end it means potentially changing your entire business model moving more in the subscription or consumption model becoming more data-driven providing a service rather than a product providing a platform rather than a product and, and really changing up what you do in quite a significant way and and so why does it matter why should an organization really care about it I think it really matters because, as technologists, we have a great opportunity ahead of us because this is the era where tech breaks out of tech. This is not about flashing lights in a data center anymore, well you know although clearly that stuff's still still exciting. We love a bit of geekery but this this is about technology changing the world, better commercial outcomes, better clinical outcomes in healthcare you know we have a really big opportunity ahead of us. And I think the really important thing with us, you know, why does it matter from a commercial standpoint? If you don't do it, your nearest competitor is going to do it. And if you can create that glorious mobile self-serve experience and do a better job, you know, that's the customer service differentiator these days. If you do that better than your competitors, you will win in the market, all, all other things being equal. Of course, the reverse is also true. So, you know most organisations will need to embrace these initiatives and kick your competitors' backsides. but there's also a risk there that if you don't do that then perhaps you may get left behind in the digital race so what's been the main driver for this happening is it because the big
0: tech companies in Silicon Valley have been developing technology at such a high rate of knots that people are experiencing new apps and new th- new ways of consuming things and so they go to work and say why why is
1: work not like this? I think you've got a few elements to it. So, yes, you're right to an extent in that the drive towards consumerization, people wanting that sort of app based glorious mobile experience that they're used to from iPhones and Android devices and, and and what have you, that that's really important. I think a part of it is because the consumption of the underlying infrastructure stuff has become easier through the advent of cloud and hyperconverged platforms and yes, simplifying the underlying building blocks to enable IT to spend more time on, on initiatives. I think the the world of of iot internet of things and connecting physical devices and bringing them into the digital world is a really important part of it and i think it's also about organizations realizing that there is there's gold in them their hills of data that they've collected over the years
0: so are there any organizations where digital transformation just isn't important at all is not going to benefit their organization and actually it's probably going to be a waste of time or a distraction
1: I don't know about digital transformation per se, but I think pretty much every business can benefit from becoming digitally enabled. I mean, I guess if you're a sole trader making pottery in your shed or something like that, it's probably less relevant to you. Um, But any organization over a particular size and scale, any organization that's concerned about customer reach, uh, concerned about delivering a better experience to their customers, I think that's probably relevant. Matt, what would you say?
2: Yeah, I think it's a good point. And I think kind of example I can give is that, you know, Christmas last year, usual stuff, family in the car, going to buy a Christmas tree. And we go to our local farmer who gets a job lot, puts him in his barn. Um, Turned up this time, buy a Christmas tree, what, 20, 30 pounds, something like that. And he pulled. What, you mean you had to use cash? No, no, this is is a new world. He pulled out his iPhone and he pulled out his uh, Bluetooth card reader and we did it contactless. (laughs) That's quality. It is. And okay, so he's... Radically changed his, his his business in terms of how he you know how he manages his finances, but that that's just kind of one one small example. But you know that's the user experience thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's, it's it's all it's all that. And I think I know it sounds daft, but but for us, it's like well, that's how I'm used to buying stuff now. That's my normal purchase process. And there are other businesses. I mean, I think you know I, I think for me, is there any business who shouldn't do this or think about this? I think you know, never do technology for technology's sake, never do it because your competitors are doing it and and you must be digital. You've got to do it for the right reasons. But I think digital offers companies, a great way to improve, to differentiate, to solve problems, to realise opportunities. And I think for me, the exciting world is around, let's say some of the smaller organisations who can really rapidly step up. I think new businesses have a great opportunity. So where you've got quite a traditional business, sometimes driving tech changes through that can be a challenge because you've got to deal with people people, policy, processes, history, stuff like that. But if you're a new fledgling business, out of the box, some of the stuff that you can do very,
1: very quickly and become very competitive, for me, is amazing. That must be, you know, that sort of thing must be worrying for some of the big big corporate organisations with you know big traditional cost bases and warehouses and bricks and mortar stores and suboptimal websites that's a challenging
2: exactly that and i I think i think for me you know you know they're they're a small example but there are other companies out there who have got that light agile culture to technology who look at things in a different way for me it's that modern tech thinking they've not they've not kind of been through the old tech and think that's the way it's got to be they they approach it from an absolute different point of view you go in and around manchester and you see how some of these smaller businesses are working and 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 the is fantastic you know And for me if I was starting out as a small business for now I'd, I'd, I'd be incredibly excited about the things that I've got in front of me the things that I can use and also how quickly I can change I'm not I'm not stuck to one piece of technology I haven't got the heritage behind it that I can, I can suddenly shift and I can use something new because that offers a better thing for me and my customers so uh, how does this look to an
0: organization what do they need to do differently is it a culture thing is it spend a load of money on technology anything else
2: I think uh, not necessarily spending a load of money on technology. Well, what I think it doesn't look like is, is technology for the sake of doing it. 100%. So, so it's not just, right, let's, let's look like we're doing stuff, let's buy stuff, let's install it, let's get it working, and that will solve the problem. So I think you know, the first thing for me is it's got to align with, with the organization, their strategy and where they're going and what they're looking to do, you know, top-line stuff. Business first, not technology exactly. first. Exactly. Second thing is you've, you've got to consider the users slightly cliche, but absolutely. So you're not saying we're going to change the organisation and we're going to put this technology in and you are going to use it. You know, it's got to be successful. It's got to be adopted. And we all know the best way to do that is to involve the people who are going to use it. And and I I think the second thing for me is planning it out properly. So... It's, it's understanding what success looks like what it will be and when it will be and then working back from that because the classic thing that we see time and time again is that you know from a, from a, from an app point of view or an app solution point of view they want they see that as a solution and, and that makes sense but their infrastructure isn't ready and they've got to do a lot in terms of changing processes and stuff like that so you can't you can't build a successful app unless the infrastructure is there to support it so it's about planning it out put it in the right order and to delivering it in a kind of phased approach, you know, those are the sorts of headline things where we see successful transformation work as opposed
1: to unsuccessful. Uh, That makes absolute sense. And, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing at the minute, you know, we call it the the cornerstones of digital. So four areas that we think customers need to invest in to prepare the road for considering this route. So get your infrastructure right, make it agile and flexible and as cloud-like as possible, which may mean consuming cloud as well, not necessarily exclusively, but that's usually a part of the conversation. Uh, Making sure you mobilize your users as much as possible, identity and access management, nice devices, you know, usually Office 365 and other related elements, get them used to that mobile paradigm, um, getting data, you know, most organizations that invest in digital transformation are becoming data driven. So collecting, storing, analyzing and exposing that that data to the business. And of course, making sure security is embedded at every stage of that, because In a digital world, I think trusting your brand is really important, so security is just the most massive component of all of that and getting that right and getting that ready.
2: And, and a quick question, you know, from my point of view, Sam, and your is, you know, how important do you think it is that, that there is a joined up thinking in the
1: organization when they're doing this? And it's not just one area, one department trying to drive this stuff forward. It's absolutely crucial. You know, the, the opportunity that's ahead of us with the technology that is available today is, in my opinion, absolutely enormous. Yeah, you, know, you can refer to it as tech breaking out of tech. This is not, however, a technology initiative. This is not something that the IT team can drive on their own for the business. And equally, it's not something that the business can drive without IT because business people need tech people to explain to them the possibilities and make it happen. And the tech people need to understand the goals of the business and how they might be able to change. So this is this is an initiative that... You know, if you're going to do it strategically, permeates every part of the organization. But equally, there is a sort of a more tactical way in. You know, if you're simply digitizing, you know, relatively basic business processes to drive a bit of efficiency into your business. It's maybe not digital transformation per se, but it's moving in that direction. So you can start small, but it's got to, got to, got to be business driven or at least business involved but it needs the the clever people in it to make it happen it's got to be a collaborative partnership uh so what do we expect to see in the future for this i think the um you know the possibilities conferred by digitizing the physical world you know what what is it cisco say there'll be 50 billion connected devices or devices with an ip address by 2020 you know the the, the possibilities of the technology ahead of us are absolutely enormous so you know i do see this as an increasing area of possibility and competitive differentiation for customers i see it driving a lot of investment in the underlying technology because you've you've got to have tech to support an initiative like this i think it you know it's a bit of a truism but it seems like Businesses are moving to a, you know, a consumption-based or subscription-based model, which is enabled by technology. Um, it's clear that that data is becoming the the large currency of the day, and that a lot of digital initiatives will be around collecting data and using data to do things differently or or better or even to become a an organization that sells data you know we see that with the, the Facebooks and so on of, of, of this world but I can only see this stuff accelerating I think even in the wake of GDPR or even even in the wake of all of the the fuss around you know Facebook and Cambridge Analytica there, there are so many possibilities in the commercial world of course but also in public sector, you know, driving efficiencies into healthcare, you know, connected healthcare across uh, A&E and hospital and social care, you know, so many different areas where tech can make a real difference, That the possibilities are endless. What about organisations that decide not to? I mean, I guess the hipster in me would suggest that there's still going to be a place for organisations that make things, you know, nice, not widgets necessarily, but pots or pans or um guitars or something like that you know there's always going to be a, a holdout group from the world of digital and I, I think there's a there's a place for that sort of artisan stuff but I think any organization with a reasonable scale is going to need to get on this train at some point over the next few years.
0: So how would an organization get started? What kind of things they
1: need to consider? So I, I think If you're going to get started with this digital stuff, you need a sort of a pincer movement so that you can attack it on two fronts. So firstly, you need to sort out your existing systems and underlying infrastructure and get yourself ready for digital. Um, So make your infrastructure ready. uh, Make your mobile experience for your own users ready. Make sure that you've got your Data house in order and make sure that your security is right. The second bit then is to think about the art of the possible. What could you do? Where could your business go? And then you start to connect the two. So maybe Matt, you could give us some examples of 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 connecting the two together.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's always a case for us that you, you know, I kind of mentioned it before. You can't deliver a great mobile solution unless you've got the infrastructure in place. And you know, typically when we're when we're working with customers on kind of large digital transformation projects, the first thing is is to understand what the vision is. Okay, to understand
1: what this thing is going to be. And that's the fun part, right? Because you get to theorize some it is. really cool stuff that you might be able to do.
2: Yeah, the kind of dig- divergent thinking where there's ideas and all that sort of coming out and, 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 and that kind of that vision phase where you, you're understanding what this thing is, who it's going to benefit, how will you measure success, what would it look like, how will you know in the future, actually, we've achieved what we're looking to achieve, all that sort of stuff. At some point, that's great, because you get people saying, oh, it'd be great if it could do this. Or what about this? You get this big shopping list. But at some point, you've got you've to go down to the definition. Yeah, you can end
1: up with too much stuff to go out. Back, can't you
2: exactly? So you then start to so so this you got like a vision phase and it's like a definition phase. We are actually defining what this thing is, and in effect, you know from from delivering a let's say a mobile solution, it's it's defining it into phases. So it could be that actually you have to start prototyping. You, you know, so some things you have to start working really and say, can we technically do this? What will the
1: fundamental features look like? Yeah. It's not a bad idea to start relatively small. You know, the whole minimum viable product thing yep. just to prove to yourself that it might
2: work. And exactly, and bearing in mind, prototype could. Be paper prototyping you know you could be you could do you know almost like visual mock-ups and testing it with users and people to understand look this is what the plan is is this going to work and start to refine your ideas because the cost of change there is much smaller if you're starting to change things when you're in development costs are much higher and there is agile development the benefits of agile are great but what you'll find is most customers out there that we're working with will say we want a level of flexibility but we want to know pretty much early on how long this is going to take what it's going to cost when it's going to be delivered So uh, any cool examples? Uh, Well, so one of the things that we've actually worked with in, in conjunction with SoftCat is work for NHS Blood and Transplant. For those of you who know it, NHS Blood and Transplant are responsible for delivering sexually blood and organ donation services to all the hospitals in the UK. And uh, about four or five years ago, they were looking at how they capture data for the organ donation process. So this isn't people who are registering for donor cards. This is when a patient comes in and they're a potential organ donor. And, and what happens with NHS blood and transplant is that specialist nurses get uh, deployed to those patients. and They have to start collecting data about them. And that data is used to identify if that individual can be an organ or tissue donor. Um, four years ago, or even You know, maybe three years ago, that was a paper-based process. So every single organ donor, a specialist nurse, you know, they describe there's like an inch thick envelope full of paper and forms. And they take those paper and forms out and start to collect data for that patient. What they were realizing is actually those specialist nurses, highly trained, were spending a huge amount of time administering and not a huge amount of time spending, you know, with the patient. And obviously their, their job is there to work out who can be organ donors and basically, you know, give the higher chance that people who may may not be or not thinking about being a donor, they can actually, you know, make them change their mind or make them think slightly differently. So effectively trying to drive organ donation.
1: And I guess the the, the, the more data you have, the better chance of finding the right recipient for a a given organ in that sort of situation and therefore the better clinical outcomes, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Speed
1: is of the essence with this stuff.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so so capturing data as quickly as possible and capturing accurate data as quickly as possible is crucial. So, you know, the work we did with them is effectively to help them understand how they could move that to a digital solution. So uh, in their case on iPads um, and effectively how they can move from a world where it was paper driven and paper processes and systems that, that we're expecting paper to a world of digital and there's a massive difference you know a classic example is that you're mobilizing a system that was never really intentioned you know be designed to mobilize so you're collecting data in online and offline scenarios and all of a sudden instead of you know one set of data for a patient being entered at once that data comes in over time so there's some real differences about how that data comes in and also the kind of what that means for the specialist nurse so instead of them having to write down paper then go and find a computer and enter data then go away and collect more data and so on and so forth it was more a case of actually that data being collected at the point that it becomes
1: available I guess the the app drives the data collection as well so you're you're making sure that people don't miss stuff out
2: that's correct yeah exactly that and it's also a case of uh, you know interested in moving from paper to digital is that paper has some really good things you know battery doesn't run out it's always there and always available as long as you don't use it and so people are used to with paper they can scribble in the margins they can add stuff there so it's also about providing flexibility it's about not putting the system in place that takes away the benefits of paper you know and causes further problems so what you've got to do is you've got to the technology needs to support the nurse in their role not define how the nurse works it's got to be flexible enough so they can continue to work in the way that they work not all hospitals are the same and not all patients are the same and not all processes are the same so it's got to have
1: the flexibility to allow them to work and not get in their way It was an interesting project, actually, because it bears out some of what I was talking about earlier about the security side of things. So, you know, I recall some of our element was making sure that the security model was in place to support the devices because clearly you're collecting very sensitive information at a particularly sensitive time. So, you know, you need to make sure that that data is not going to escape
2: yeah, absolutely. So when we turned up to the project, you know, uh, as that says, all of that problem was, was solved. You know, that was resolved, you know, with the with mobile device management in place yep. and, and how that was all set up. So we weren't having to think or worry about that. We were more about, right, the platform is there in place. The nurses were actually mobile with the devices before the, the, the app was launched. So they were already used to using those devices you touched on yep. before. So it was then a case of, okay, all those problems were resolved. Now, how
1: do we build the app solution on top? Which is a great example of, You know, putting those building blocks in place at the same time as theorizing and then delivering on the art of the possible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, from our point of view, it was, you know, there was challenges in terms of taking a, a, you know, a database that was never really designed to be mobilized and and, and solving those problems, but that's going to happen anyway as part of what you do. That's kind of what you do, right? Exactly, yeah. And then, you know, a a lot of the challenges around that actually, we spent a huge amount of time working with the specialist nurses because you're taking uh, every patient at that time was about a thousand data points. So, every patient that collected a huge amount of data, how how do you translate that into a into a user interface that is, is easy to use, easy to navigate, easy to understand. So there's a lot of time spent with you know the nurses to help understand how that could be look at options and then ultimately arrive on a design that they were all happy with and they could all use and it wasn't something that was a surprise and given to them at the end so actually by the time the solution was deployed they'd all seen it understood it being part of the design process knew all about it very very familiar
1: so it wasn't a big shock at the end of the delivery phase yeah i guess you can't assume that your your ultimate user is a technologist Absolutely. And also in, in, in some experience,
2: far from it, a, a lot of the people we we're working with, it, you know, they don't need to be technologists. Their job is all about, you know, clinical care and stuff. So some, some were, were very tech savvy, others were at the other, other end of the spectrum. You have to give something that meets all of the user's needs. Make it as consumer friendly as possible, but still collect the information and drive the process. And it's a a good point you make there because one of the common things, you know, we heard said with that project and and a lot of our customers is when you get down to the design process and saying, what should this thing look like? People will always give examples of their consumer life, apps they use outside of work. And that for me is one of the big things that's driven the kind of you know, digital transformation revolution for businesses, people are, you know, on the way to work, they're having great experiences, they get into work, and it's like going back 15 years, you know, and uh, people are always citing examples, or we like this in this app, or this in this app, and stuff like that, why can't we have that in the apps that we use in our
1: organisation? A a glorious and elegant user experience encourages adoption and makes sure that people use it, whether it's digitising processes within your own business, or producing an app for your customers to consume your services from
2: exactly that and when sometimes when we talk about this project and you explain it to people they say that's just a form collection solution it's like a web form isn't it and you you collect data and you press submit and and that's sometimes a challenge in, in what we're having to do because people have an expectation that Data collection is very, very simple. It's a web form, isn't it? You know, name and address and submit and and happy days. And then when you start to, you know, scratch the surface and explain to them some of the reasons why that's not the case, it suddenly becomes apparent that these things can be difficult,
1: can be challenging if you don't think them through correctly. So to summarize? So to summarize, I think, you know, you've got to start somewhere. This digital initiative stuff is really important and you need to start somewhere. I think there are two elements to it. The first element is getting your existing house in order. So make sure that your infrastructure is capable and agile enough and cloud-like. Make sure that you have already mobilized your people because mobile is going to be a significant component of of digital. Make sure that you've got your data house in order. You're collecting it, storing it, surfacing it well uh, because most digital initiatives will be data-driven. And make sure that you have your security house in order Because the more data you collect, the more secure that you need to be. And the more mobile devices and IoT devices and so on you have on your extended network, the larger your attack surface is. So building a security model is really important. Once you've got that stuff done, or maybe even while that's going on in the background, I think, you know, the the next step is to start with the art of the possible. What could... A digital initiative look like and you know you can start as crazy as you like really and and that's the fun part i think Uh, then of course you've got to start refining that stuff to the elements of it that can improve your business or improve the way that you do things and engaging the support of someone like matt's team at padme can be really useful in that scenario right matt
2: yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, for us, if we are starting to work with a customer who has their infrastructure, you know, data, team mobilized, it's all that sort of stuff is, is a really great start. And and, and as you say, um, you know, some customers have a really good idea about what they want and what they want to achieve. But a lot of time it is about assessing the art of the possible and looking at different
1: ways that you can achieve what you want
2: to do. There's not always one answer.
1: There's not always one
2: way that it can be done. There's alternative ways.
1: And different organizations have different goals and, and customers
2: and styles of business. Yeah. The one thing is cost constant is that all of our customers are different. I mean, we always know that they've got different priorities, needs, and, and you have to be adaptable to that. And, and, and you know, so typically you start looking at the vision, what they want to achieve, like the blue sky thinking you talked about, art of the possible. That's where all these ideas come up and you're talking to all sorts of people in the businesses, you know, in terms of what
1: they want and what they want out of this. If it was all the same, there'd be no opportunity for differentiation, right? Which is the whole point of this. Exactly stuff. that. Yeah excellent so sam and matt thank you so much for your time
0: if there's anything this show that has piqued your interest or if you'd like to find out some more about digital transformation do check out the show notes included with this podcast we're going to put some of the stuff that we've talked about today as well as some links uh, related to digital transformation and we'll also put a few ways that you can get in touch with someone at softcat so you've been listening to explain it from softcat thank you so much for listening and goodbye